Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Well, it seems like ages since we've done one of these. We've been uh, off for a, it was just one week we were off, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but we were busy... Was it one week? Yeah, I think it's just been one week. It's been a long week. It's, yeah, it seems ages. Mm. And uh, we were busy not winning the British Podcast Award uh, for the best... We didn't want it anyway. Well, we didn't want it. We'll, we'll put it this way. When we were first nominated, we thought we didn't have a chance. And therefore, we thought we'll just go along for the ride. But once you're sitting there and you see the six titles of the podcast nominated in our category, at that point, you think, well... Yeah, I do want it now. And then when they do the bronze and the silver, and we're neither bronze or silver, you've got a choice. You've either got nothing or you've got gold. And at that point, you really want it. But when they said um, the winning entry is a searing podcast that looks deeply into the... I thought, well, that's it. We haven't haven't won it. We don't look deeply into anything. We like to just scratch the surface. However, the good news is we may The good news is I saw Jamie Lang... From Made in Chelsea, which is the real triumph of the night. It is. So we're all winners. Yeah. And Francis Boulet. This is from Made in Chelsea. Yeah, but he's not on Made in Chelsea anymore. But Jamie Lang. We'll talk Made in Chelsea later on. But we may not have won the award for the British Podcast Award for the best podcast. The good news is we've won the Canadian Lottery. Uh, (laughs) Have we? Yes, I was looking at the emails. Uh, Ms. Patricia Atkins, Canada Lottery, in conjunction with Lotto Sizzler International, have written to us and says, Congratulations, your email address has won you $1 million. In the US, what, not Canadian dollars. Not Canadian dollars. US, one million dollars. Weird that the Canadian lottery gives US dollars. It is interesting. But anyway, in the annual Canadian Hot Sizzler Lottery Online Lucky Programme, held on the 8th day of May 2019, organised by the Canadian and South African government... Uh, to promote the users of email account holders. Anyway, they, they've said uh, our email address was attra- attached to ticket number A9564756045450001. Which is very, very small paper. <laughs> yes, and it drew the winning number, 18... Now, these numbers sound quite obvious, actually. 18, 19, 22, 30, 41 and 48 with the bonus. You always think that when the lottery numbers come up, you think, oh, I probably could have guessed those. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't need to guess them because we would... And all we have to do is put in... All all our details and uh, obviously our bank details. So we have and we're expecting our money anytime soon? Anytime <laughs> soon. Now, this is just the bit where we test the levels. So I'm going to try you with uh, on my other podcast that I do. We've been very much enjoying the work of Gary Delaney, who's a one-liner uh, comedian. So many people with the surname Delaney. For, for a surname that doesn't sound... Popular. Do you know what I mean? It's not like Smith or Jones. You wouldn't no. go... 
Oh, gosh, there's loads of germs, because mm. well, that would be silly. The comedian Gary Delaney says, I've got a friend who suffers from uh, paranoid delusions. He thinks he's a chocolate orange. I'm worried he's going to be sectioned. See, <laughs> yeah, that's not bad, is it? I think that's clever. I like a... You like a Would you call joke? that a double entendre? Yeah, well, it is a double entendre in many ways, because it's sectioned as in uh, sectioned under the Mental Health yeah, Act. Yeah. And I always think of double entendre as having to be like kind of euphemistic. Yeah, they're usually rude. But that is a double entendre. It's a double meaning. You start, Ruth, because I know there's a couple of things that you were, we were talking about in the car. I'll tell you what I, I did think was interesting when we were talking in the car. You asked me, how do you burn a CD and how many songs can you get on a CD? I was just wondering. Well, I was no, just wondering. It, it is interesting because... Because I remember, no, but I remember you used to make me CDs mm, back in the day yeah. when I wanted to listen to Cheryl Cole and James Blunt were my favourites and you would say oh I'll burn those onto a CD for you and you Mm. would put them on a CD for me and then I would like write the name on the CD that was very exciting Mm. and then for some reason it's just because you don't do it anymore I was like wait can you still even do that? Like, how, how did it work? Yes, but it is interesting. That is one of those things that nobody is ever going to have to do again. Yeah. Nobody will ever... I'm not burn. sad about it, though. No, it just, things move on. But it's rather like, almost like the essence of the podcast, you know, you being a teenager and me being very old now, because it, it's almost like somebody asking me to explain what was button A on the old telephone boxes? How did the old pennies used to work? I've never used a telephone box. No. Have you never used a phone box? I've never used a phone box. You know what would be nice, though? Just turn all these phone boxes into charging stations for phones. I think so. There there are a few charging stations. Mm. Make them all that. However, I was going to ask you to start with something that's on your mind. British politics. So Mm. Theresa May has abdicated the throne. Yeah. But, and so she's not allowed to be Prime Minister anymore. She is Prime Minister until... She is Prime Minister until the 7th of June. Well, the 7th of June she steps down, then there's a leadership contest. So she, I, think, I think she's still Do we Prime get Minister to vote to... on this leadership contest? No, not unless you suddenly become a member of the Conservative Party. I'm not. No, it's a shame. Can I join, just uh, to get a vote? Well... Uh, um, I mean, I'm a member of a political party, so I bet I can. No, you're a, you're a Green. Yeah, so that's a political party. Mm. But anyway, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Theresa May. And so she did a speech that when she... What's the resigned? No, no, when she resigned, the the, the speech and the one that everyone is tweeting the picture of, and someone said, This is such a haunting image. Like, people, some people are saying we should humanize her, and it's clearly like a really serious situation, and it's really sad and stuff. The same that people did for David Cameron, and then a lot of people have been like, She lets poor people starve, and she didn't cry for Grenfell victims, and blah, blah, blah. And so I was just wondering what you think about the whole humanising of Theresa May, like how sad should we be feeling for her based on that speech and based on her crying and stuff? Well, I think you should feel a little bit sad. Yeah. Just just the humanity of it and just the fact that it's somebody who had a top job and she's lost the top job and she's sort of lost the respect and admiration of colleagues and all that sort of thing. So I think whatever your politics are, You've got to sympathise with her to some extent. You know, it's almost yeah. like uh, it's almost like a, a Greek tragedy or a Shakespeare play where somebody high up has, is brought down 
Um, get like a Shakespeare as well, Macbeth or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so as a story, I think it's it's quite it, it has elements of Greek tragedy in that to some extent she was it was almost inevitable. Predestined. Yeah. It was predestined, and also it, but she, she was is, brought down by herself by her own weaknesses. Yeah. You know, in, in some ways. But then in a, like in a lot of ways, I do understand when people were tweeting, being like, "Oh, you've got to feel sorry for her," like for, for this, and then a lot of people came back at it quite. Like, yeah, Owen Jones. Did you see the Owen, Owen Jones, Jones? Yeah, was just I mean, one of one of many people. Owen Jones loved to, loves to be angry about something. You've got to give it to Owen Jones. I don't think he's I don't think he's spectacular at his job. But um, well, what is his job? He's well, a pundit. He's a, yeah, pundit. I mean, I don't think I don't always agree with the way he like says things and stuff. But he's great at getting starting in, controversy. Uh, starting controversy with a really good line or something yes, you know he, what I mean he is in essence an annoying little pipsqueak but maybe at the, you know at, at, but this, he plays, at this point he plays you, Twitter unbelievably well I think he's in this politics now because it, a lot of it happens on Twitter mm. which is kind of ridiculous he's one of the he's probably the best at manipulating that but my other this leads me on anyway to say about Theresa May and we were talking about was it you know predestined her failure or due to her own like could she have dealt with it in a way that wouldn't have resulted in the shambles that we're in now or whatever and I don't know whether that's true or what anything but I saw someone talking about the glass cliff phenomenon I don't know if you've seen this the glass glass cliff it's so like the glass ceiling. Is this sort of we elevate women and then throw them off? Basically, this is what it is. The glass cliff is the phenomenon of women in leadership roles, such as executives in um, the corporate world and female political election candidates or leaders, um, being likelier than men to achieve leadership roles during periods of crisis or downturn when the chance of failure is highest. Because we... Um, subconsciously want women to be in a position of power when we can prove that women are not capable to hold positions of power. Ooh, that's a that's a bit of a leap, isn't it? As a... So, well, but the glass cliff thing is like a lot of people have kind of you know it's it's not just something that's been come up with, but by this Theresa May thing, but a lot of people are saying that Theresa May is a really great example of the. Of the, the glass, glass cliff phenomenon. Well, the term ooh. it was coined in two thousand and four, though, so it's been around for like quite a long time. It was, it was coined by but professors at the University of Exeter. Of all the criticisms of, of uh, Theresa May, I don't think anybody uh, has said that, that she failed because she was a woman. No, no, no. But it's not because she's a woman. It's because we want to see women fail when they're in positions of power. Well, you see, you can't have it both ways. You can't say you know women should be in more positions of power and then say, ah, oh, well, we just put in a position of power so we could watch her fail no well it's it's not that we put her in a position of power to then watch her fail it's just that they they so they break through the glass ceiling yeah because she's in this position of power or whatever and then they their experiences are then different from their male counterparts and i don't think i think that's true i think that Theresa may will have had a different experience to if it had been a man I'm not sure. I'm not sure she would, really. I, yeah, I, I, I th- but women have a different experience in the world. Yes, I know. I've, we've gone through that before, you know, the fact that screwdrivers are designed for men because they're big or, or you know, whatever. Mm. Uh, we know the world is historically designed for men. But apart from that, I don't think there's any special reason why Theresa May's female gender led to a downfall. Yeah. downfall. Well, well, one of the things that they say is that so the University of Houston psychology professor, um, 
a woman called uh, Kristen Anderson says that companies offer glass cliff positions to women because they consider women more expendable and better scapegoats. She says that organisations that offer women tough jobs believe they win either way. If the women's, if the woman succeeds, the company is better off. If she fails, the company is no worse off. Um, she can be blamed. The company gets credit for having been the company or party gets blamed for. Uh, gets credit for having been egalitarian and progressive and can return to its prior practice of appointing men. Um, And then they talk about how some other people have talked about the glass cliff theory in that one of the reasons is... I I think this is... No, this is clutching at straws, I think. I think the whole thing is clutching at straws. Studies show that people believe women are better suited to lead stressed, unhappy companies or parties um, because they are felt to be more nurturing... Um, and intuitive and the researchers argue that female leaders are not narrowly, necessarily expected to improve the situation basically the glass cliff theory i think is interesting and i think it is true to an extent is that i think the thing that's true from it is that people subconsciously don't really enjoy seeing women in positions of power yet uh, i think it worries people and it scares people because it's a lot of change and whatever but I don't think it's necessarily right for the Theresa May situation. But I, mean, I do uh, think it is true. The amount, a, like, you do see a lot of women kind of in really difficult positions, like leadership ones. Well, can you name me another one apart from Theresa May. I can't May. think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I gave it some thought, I could. Ah, we're, we're in the position where we're not giving anything much thought. But no, I mean, thought. like... See, I'm, I'm just looking at, uh, at the downfall of people in positions, you know, executive positions. I'm looking at people like Philip Green. Yeah, I think it happens Mike to... Ashley, yeah, no, obviously it happens to men Harvey too. Weinstein. No, that is not the same situation. That is not the, anything like the what the glass cliff thing is. Harvey Weinstein is not... A man who has fallen from power like Theresa May has at all. No, Harvey Weinstein is a man that assaulted women, and that's the reason he's. uh, No, 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 because that's not. He still has fallen from power. No, that's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. Because of his own weakness. No, because the glass. No, because the the glass cliff is that we put women in positions of power in order to see them fail. No one put Harvey Weinstein in a position of power. Like he made that for himself. That's not the same thing at all. I'd like to talk now about friends, not friends, the television show, oh. uh, but how you communicate with your friends. Okay. I truly did think, gosh, we're going to talk about friends again. I'm sorry, again, we only yeah, talked about that last week. Yeah, and probably the week before. It's um, becoming the new Beatles. Well, we talk about friends a lot. I've got back into it as well, well you know. I was going to say, it's almost like because you're doing exams at the moment, and that's why we didn't have a, a podcast last week, not because we were too excited about going to the podcast awards. We were just but, sad. Yeah. We are licking our wounds. Yeah. And uh, you are watching friends probably more it's your comfort watching isn't it when you're yeah if you have a break just the old series but this is about this is not about that this is about friends one of britain's leading girls boarding schools have you heard of rodine it's a very, very famous girls' boarding school. It's sending its pupils on a Big Brother-style retreat, minus their mobile phones. So in that respect, it will be like Big Brother. In order to learn how to make friends properly and talk to each other. 
Rodine pla- plans to send its sixth formers away for a week to a country house, so these are exactly your sort of age, uh, quotes, with lots of fresh air and no Wi-Fi, in the hope that the, and this is the, whole, this is the cru- crux of it, in the hope that the girls will start chatting face to face, so they're trying to learn, they're trying to teach. That's so ridiculous. So, so the girls will chat, start chatting face to face, rather than WhatsApping each other, or liking photos on Instagram. The move comes from the headmaster, Oliver Blonde, who realised that pupils who thought they were close friends actually knew little about each other because they were just WhatsApping, etc. Uh, at the retreat, the six formers will be set team tasks and encouraged to make eye contact, read each other's oh my facial God. expressions and play board games. Is Don't this... even know where to begin well, with that. Begin. Firstly, the implication that f- girls don't chat to each other is just ridiculous. Secondly, and I'm only speaking, obviously I'm only speaking for personal yeah, experience, yeah, no, but I'm the exact same want, age as these girls. Experience. I know the most intimate details about all my friends. I know like, I know everything about them. Me and my my friends, I, I have lots of different groups of girlfriends. And yes, that you, you've got yours sectioned off into different groups, haven't you? Well, I've, well not <laughs> sectioned off like that. But I do, I have, you know, I have friends that I'm friends with from college and old mm. high school friends and the, my friends who I'm going on holiday with and my friends who I'm going to, like, Leeds Fest with. And I have and my friends who I live close to. Like, I, ha- I have lots of individual groups of girlfriends. And I know that there's a whole thing of, like, some girls aren't really friends with girls. I very much am. And we chat to each other all the time. And not only do we chat online, we also chat all the time in in, in person. I spend, I sp- especially when I was at college, I used to, so my one of my best friends, Lydia, we had like the exact same timetable. I would spend more time with her than my family easily. And we would talk nonstop the entire time. And also one thing that they should just not have put in there, um, girls our age don't use WhatsApp. We uh, only Snapchat, use it for Snapchat, Snapchat, Instagram. I mean, even Facebook Messenger probably more than WhatsApp. Oh, no so you're one, not in a WhatsApp group? With not with you. my friends. No, no. I'm on, my own. The only WhatsApp group I'm in is the family. family yeah, oh. which is most people's WhatsApp group is their family. Hmm. We talk on Snapchat, and it's just so do you that's think just it's, ridiculous. Do you think it's because it's a posh school? Uh, I mean, or do you what, think do posh girls not talk to each other? I mean, I don't know. For definite, but I assume they do. Right. Uh, do you think it's because the, the headmaster's a bit old-fashioned? Uh, I don't know. Because they're going to play board you... games on these. It sounds fun, that... actually. Yeah, no, it sounds great. It sounds great. But I think the idea is that no one truly understands that, like, that's a big part of modern friendship. Mm. And it, it doesn't replace it at all. Like, talking online doesn't replace having real human mm. contact. Now we got a heck of a lot of email, uh, Ruth. Not did just we? Yeah, we didn't not, get any the week before, did we? Well, that's why we got a heck of a lot because it was mostly sympathy email. Because we did mention that we hadn't had any emails, <laughs> so several people sent us an email. Not just the Canadian Lottery, and we thank them, don't we, if they're listening, of for their one million US dollars. I'll be checking my online banking very yes, shortly. Yes, you should do. Aaron Smith rather flatteringly wrote to us to say, "Hi, Martin and Ruth. How do you think the country will vote in the European elections?" <laughs> well. I think the Brexit party will do rather well, and also the Liberals and the Greens. He says, will the Liberal Democrats get all the Remainers' votes after promising a second vote? Well, he obviously sent us the email before the European elections. So, wait, I can just pretend that I don't know. Um, Yes, I think that what will happen is... Uh, and, I wouldn't uh, have been able to tell you that what did happen would happen. I didn't think the Brexit party would do as well as they did. Yeah, I did. Did you? Hmm. 
well everybody said I mean I'm not, I'm not claiming any psychic powers for that everybody said they would as well I mean he's a very uh, Farage is you know we were saying Owen Jones is an annoying little pipsqueak but he's quite effective Nigel I don't Farage think might be I, the, I feel unfair to Owen Jones to compare him to Nigel Farage well in a way no, na- oh, come on. on the complete opposite political spe- uh, side of yeah, the political spectrum yeah I know spectrum, but Nigel Farage but, is like a bit of a racist well, more than a bit of a racist. Well, we don't know. We don't. And he's anti-immigrant and stuff. Like, I just I feel unfair to Owen Jones to compare them. Well, like, no, I, it's just I think different they, views, no, no, but yeah. exactly the same thing. I think they play the game similarly. Yeah, but they're both demagogues, but from different sides of the. Uh, but of the argument. Nigel so, Farage is no, just because you don't like Nigel Farage. No, but I don't. I don't. I don't not like him. So, like Boris Johnson, don't really like. But I don't think his politics are like insane. Nigel Farage, I think that I don't think that being a conservative or Labour or whatever, I don't think any political leaning makes you like an inherently bad person. I think that's where we get unfair and stuff. But I think being UKIP makes you a bad person. Well, no. Some people say, uh, sincere, if it's Come what on. they sincerely believe, why are they, why are they a bad person? Because it's, it's it is racist. What is UKIP or Brexit Party? He's not UKIP anyway. He's the Brexit Party. No, but he used to be UKIP. He's the leader of UKIP. No, he used to be the leader of UKIP. Yeah, but he was the leader of UKIP. Yeah, well, he's not anymore. He's the leader of the Brexit Party. Yeah. You've got to admire his skill, though, haven't you? Six weeks he built up a political yeah, party. Yeah, no, I can, admire, and, I can, I can be like, the... wow, he's done well and stuff. But I can say that I think his politics make him a bad person. And also, he's just slimy. Yeah, well, you won that argument on the slimy <laughs> The slimy vote. Anyway, thank you to everybody who did write to us. I better read the rest of it, or at least acknowledge the rest of them. Neil Holmes says he loves the podcast. He says it's essential Thursday listening on my drive home from work. All the best to Ruth in her exams. So bless oh, him. thank you. Um, Peter Clark says we're his podcast of choice when he's out on his weekly run. He says, lazy as I am, I struggle for motivation. Weekly run? Yeah, he can't be that la- lazy then. Weekly? Mm. Anyway, he says uh, lazy as I am I struggle for motivation and often stop around the 30 minute mark walking the rest of the way home much longer than I run for something I need to improve on I was hoping maybe you could give me a motivational message in your podcast at around the 30 minute mark and we're probably around, we around the 30-minute well, mark. Well, we, here, we'll let you into some movie magic. We actually edit the podcast. Yes. So it's hard to do timings. But we're at... I mean, in our world, we're 29 minutes in. So, yes. but It's probably before the 30-minute mark, because after we've edited out the rubbish, we might only be about five minutes in. So we'll... <laughs> hey. uh, so, but anyway, take it from me. You can listen to it at the thirty-minute mark. And he said, "I was hoping just, maybe you, could... you can." You know what? We'll just at regular intervals throughout we'll the podcast. Motivate. We'll say, "Come yeah. on." Uh, I was hoping maybe you could give me a motivational message, uh, which would help my rather poor performance. If you do, I'll let you know if any different. If it makes any difference, and you can also see if there's a future for you in motivational podcasts because there are loads of motivational that, podcasts. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. That's what struck us about the British Podcast Awards was the number of was pod- it? yes it struck me anyway the number of podcasts there are i mean these are just oh, the yeah, ones that were, these were just the ones that were nominated, nominated yeah. yeah and there were every and so many that um i was like wow that sounds brilliant and i've not i've not even heard of it like and um, one of the ones that like absolutely cleaned up was oh, this yeah. one called have you heard george's podcast I which have i still have you listened to it i've not listened to it they are very good um but there are so many podcasts and there's so, so many that sound really good as well yeah. 
Yeah, and, and there's this one. So uh, thank you if you are. Yeah, why are you listening to this? There's some great well, podcasts out well, there. Well, yeah, there's, some of them sound great, but they're not that great. I listened to James A. Caster and Ed Dad, Gamble. You can't say that. Why? Because you, you can, can't say there's something. You're allowed to give opinions on things. You, you, you've got a very snowflakey sort of perception of what you're allowed to give opinions on. Why can't but, I say? Why can't I, I don't say, like it if someone said that I'm about ours and then it was yeah, on there. I'm absolutely that. fine with that. Once you put yourself out there, you're you're up for criticism and I listen to James Acaster who I quite like and Ed Gamble they do a podcast about food which I quite like as well food yeah food (laughs) necessary to survival absolutely love food love food like James Acaster I'm not that familiar with Ed Gamble and they have a special guest on every week which I suppose makes a makes a difference we never have a special guest on we can start having a special guest if you want like who yeah. <laughs> mum <laughs> what a brilliant idea I don't know that many people no well, you, you got all those friends that... oh I didn't you know what I regret saying that because it sounds like I was like look I've got all these friends I don't I just have like six friends but in groups Different of two groups. yeah <laughs> I could count all my friends on one hand I just hang yes. out with them separately Ruth with the six fingered hand she got all six <laughs> friends on that one hand thumb at either end anyway th- what was I saying I can't remember but thank you to Neil Saunders, who sent us one, and Peter Clark, and Martin. where this one's got emojis. Yes, and Martin Bolton, uh, who says, uh, who adds ketchup always in the cupboard. So yeah, always. Yeah, uh, ketchup always in the cupboard. Thank you, Martin, for that. We were talking about um, weird people who put ketchup in the uh, fridge. Thank you to Robert O'Berty, who's uh, a bit of a regular, a bit of a crony, listens to uh, Hawksby and Jacobs and stuff. Uh, and thank you to Terry Teal, who's a cab driver. He says, hi, That's Martin good. and Ruth. I'm a black cab driver, driver in London. That'll be the colour of the cab. And I had your podcast. Well, you see, somebody complained once there was a crime and uh, the, the I think it was the BBC reported it as a black cab driver. And somebody said a very angry, it, yeah. angry tweet saying, uh, how dare you refer to race as if it's relevant in this case and the BBC tweeted back we were referring to the colour of the cab not, <laughs> not the driver um, but anyway so I had your podcast on in the cab yesterday and the customer I had in the back was listening to the podcast brilliant another listener and said what an intelligent young lady Ruth was wow thought I'd nice. send Ruth some positive feedback <laughs> love the show we'll miss it when Ruth goes to university and he says P.S. although hopefully we will I mean university long period where you're not there so hopefully we'll still carry on doing it should the popularity be maintained such as it is anyway thank you for all your emails we do appreciate them just uh, better give the address for the emails oh, yes. uh, as we're touting through emails like crazy here the email address if you do want to send one is martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com it's martinandruthpodcast all one word at gmail.com See, I've finally given in to you. Yeah, to my hucksterism. Say it again! <laughs> uh, yeah, here we go. Um, Game of Thrones has finished, and I read that uh, legions of Games of Thrones fans uh, will be fascinated to hear that the show's popularity is such that councillors are offering their services to fans bereft by the end of uh, Game wow. of Thrones. Uh, People headline- need to get a grip. Therapy for bereft viewers is the headline here. And some guys offered his services as uh, a counsellor to offer therapy to Game of Thrones fans. Uh, Emilia Clark, who plays Daenerys... 
Daenerys Targaryen. Daenerys Targaryen said that keeping quiet uh, about her character's dramatic turn from heroine to mad queen had been torture. She said, two years ago I got the script for this series and I knew what was going to happen to her. Every time someone would come to me and say, I love her, inside I was thinking, well, you're not going to love her for that long. <laughs> um, was it a shock to you what happened? Tell me about the, the... Everybody's seen the final episode and had a comment on it. Some people say it's... So we'll do it quite briefly. Some people say disappointing. I think not as bad as people are making out. Um, the best they could do under the parameters that they were given, which was that George R. R. Martin never finished the last book. They had to do it in six episodes. It, it was massively rushed and, like... It's sad because the other... The parts of this season were great as well, but the other seven... Eight, se- eight seasons? Seven. Oh, this seven, is the eighth. The other seven seasons were brilliant. Like, it's some of the best TV ever. But uh, they didn't do justice to all the characters, and I would have liked to have seen more character development, so it made sense for Daenerys to become this mad queen and for characters like Tyrion not to make these mistakes that were necessary for the plot, and that's all. So you are mildly bereft about the end of Game of Thrones? Oh, I'm, I'm sad that it's finished. Yeah, it was... I enjoyed it a lot. Mm. But maybe but Chelsea is on, so that sort of... Uh, fills the hole. Fills the hole, doesn't it? <laughs> it does not fill the hole at all. I I mean, I don't want to offend anyone here, but I think that Game of Thrones is better TV than Made in Chelsea. But yeah, I'm enjoying Made in Chelsea a lot at the moment. I think it's a good season. What's happening? We, we... What's happening? Mm. Um, so that I think a lot of the main thing so there's a lot of stuff between like Maver and Miles and they used to be together and now they're not anymore and Maver kind of wants him back and sort of doesn't and it's a whole thing and I really don't like Maver at all it's like Habs and Jamie they're like best friends but Jamie they're like really like each other but Habs used to go out with Jamie's best friend so it's like will they won't they and they both are like we can't and it's <laughs> honestly it actually almost brought me to tears last week because I was like just get together stupid I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's do a bit of music. Uh, yeah, first good. Of all. We're going to have a bit of uh, hip-hop from you, are we? So sort of classic hip-hop. I would just call it rap, really. Just call it rap rather than hip-hop, right? That's I'd fit. probably call it like rap or grime. Rap or grime, right? We're gonna have a bit. I of won't rap call or... it hip hop. So we're gonna have some rap or grime from you, and uh, we're gonna have a bit of country folk from me. But first of all, wait, no, no, no! I'm doing the country. You're doing the grime, right? <laughs> yeah, I love grime. 
this was an interesting I'm always interested in the new sort of genres of um, of rock and roll or pop music and uh, this was the Icelandic entry in the Eurovision Song Contest which we watched the end of it didn't we yes. after we'd not won our award I fell asleep uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the Icelandic this is how uh, Tryggvi Haraldsson who's the lead singer of the Icelandic group he described his band as an Icelandic award-winning anti-capitalist BDSM inspired techno punk oh, yeah because they, they the Icelandics were the ones who they had two signs they had a sign that was for like the trans rights sign mm. with the um, is that what B, what's BDSM I've never heard of BDSM <laughs> it's like Fifty Shades of Grey dad. oh is it oh, yeah sorry <laughs> and then um, they had another sign that was like pro-Palestine as well right. so they were very like it was quite politically charged well I'll but... let you uh, I'll let you hear how he could describe it Icelandic award winning anti-capitalist BDSM inspired techno-punk cyber goth entertainment opera influenced performance entourage founded with the goal of exposing the enemy of neoliberal society and the relentless scam that we call everyday life well, you know what no anonymity Anomie, uh, Anomie, A-N-O-M-I-E, which I is a, well, it's a word I've heard a lot, and uh, rather like, what was the other word that neither of us knew the meaning of? It was something about the fall of man or something. Oh, um, yes, it was. Oh, goodness, we learned the word, and now I know. we don't know it. It's shocking. If anyone remembers it, can you just tweet us or something? Because I don't want to have to listen to old podcasts and now find out this word. Right. Well, let's Google uh, anomy and pretend we haven't Googled it by uh, editing a little bit later on. Is a condition in which society provides little moral guidance to individuals. Uh, It's condition... Oh, I know what anomy means. It's condition in which... Wait, so wait, hold on a second. What does anomy mean? Anomy is a sort of condition in which society offers you no sort of pointers as to Is that like moral guidance? Yeah, no moral guidance. It's, it's, that's the sort of thing that anime is. Does this evolve from a conflict of belief systems? I guess it that would kind of cause a breakdown of social bonds between individual and community, right? Yeah, well, that's what they're saying. They're saying their entourage founded with the goal of exposing the anime of neoliberal society. They're exposing the breakdown of society. And the other word... It's sort of La- prelapsian. Prelapsian, yeah. Prelapsarian. Prelapsarian. Prelapsarian, and that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before, it's like before, before the, the fall, fall of, of man. man. Yes, before Adam and Eve, isn't it? Prelapsarian. Um, Good, we've sorted that out. Yeah, time before the fall of man, innocent mm. and unspoiled. So it's almost simple just to say that this is grime. So let's have a Who, listen. Are we doing mine first? We'll do yours first. On a serious note, I joke. I'm a serious blow, I smoke. Jump on the beat like a frog off a boat. Take a leap, just float. Take a leaf out my book, I know. Try to believe them lost to hope. I just wanna chill, go home. Jump on my push bike and a zone. Ring, 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 answer my phone. Getting sick of my own ringtone. Pedal on shit so long. People need to go, grow a backbone on. Back to the bone, yeah, bit it. And I mash up the flow, getting silly with it. Well, that confused me. Uh, I thought that was an artist called T.N. Biscuits and uh, a song called Slow Tie, but I'm wrong, aren't yeah, I? completely backwards. That is a song called T.N. Biscuits by Slow Tie. But it's T.N. Biscuits, as well, in yeah, capital T, T and... capital N, capital B for biscuits. Yeah, but like you would, you'd say T.N. Biscuits, I think. Hmm. Not that I've ever heard anyone... Well, I say T.N. Biscuits. But so, that... Okay. Um, and the artist called Slow Tie. What, yes. Why is he called Slow Tie? Thank God you've asked. Um, so, Slow Tie, his name originates from a childhood nickname. So, his real name is. Oh, gosh, is it Tyrone or Tyron? Tyrone. Ty- if it's got a. It's not got an E on the end. 
Yeah, I think you'd still say Tyrone. Or Tyrone. Anyway, t- Tyrone or Tyrone Frampton, and he had a speech impediment, which made him speak um, really slow. Oh, um, and so he time. was originally known as Slow Ty, and then he changed it to Slow Ty, spelled T H A I, like yeah. the country, just because I think. It's- yeah, looks it, it, looks, it looks cool and people do like mm-hmm. Thai food. So uh, Yeah, and so he was brought up on a council estate in Northampton, so that's why his music is very much like grime and it's that similar sound to something like The Streets, but also with the more stormsy bits mm. to it. And he's quite like, uh, some of his stuff is quite politically charged and things. One of his... Um, well, that wasn't very political. He's fell up with his own ringtone. It, kind, it kind of is a bit, though. Like, if you listen to more of the lyrics, and one of his... Um, marketing campaigns was he had posters that looked like this so it says nothing great about britain um which is the name of his new album and then the upper bit is total public spending in the north has fallen by 6.3 billion in a decade the south has seen a rise of 3.2 billion and then slowtight.com oh, very small that's talking to you that's speaking directly to you that isn't well, it well yeah, yeah. it is but it, he i mean obviously he feels quite passionately about mm. the inequalities between the north and the south and whatever um, and he yeah he's just really cool but northampton's not the north you see northampton's the midlands well really. yeah the, the midlands yeah. the midlands is um the north in the it doesn't get money spent on it in the same way. And then if you've... this Oh, this was my other thing. So I was going to talk about this when I talked about Therese May, but then I thought, oh, actually, fits in with the slow tie stuff. Boris Johnson, have you seen this video of him? I've only just seen this this morning, so I don't really know. But it's a video of him being like a pound spent in Streatham. Streatham. Streatham is worth more than one spent in Strathclyde and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, as if he would say that, like... Why has he said that? He must have been asked a question about money and Mm. why is it all being spent in London or whatever. And he was saying, oh, it's worth so much more to spend one in Streatham than it is in Strathclyde and blah, blah, blah. Like, we need to spend more money in London to send money up to Strathclyde and stuff. Yeah, I can see... I I know where he's coming from there. Yeah, I get it. It's the biggest economy, so it creates more jobs and stuff, but... Yeah. Still. Well, my song today, Ruth, combines two of my great loves, country music and tomatoes. It's a song... You do love tomatoes. (laughs) I do love tomatoes. It's a song called Homegrown... Well, it's American, so it's Homegrown Tomatoes. And it's by... Tomatoes. Homegrown Tomatoes by Guy Clark. There ain't nothing in the world that I like better than bacon and lettuce and homegrown tomatoes. Up in the morning, out in the garden... Get you a ripe one, don't get a hard one. Plant them in the spring, need them in the summer. All winter without them's a culinary bummer. I forget all about the sweating and digging. Every time I go out, pick me a bigger. Homegrown tomatoes, homegrown there we are, homegrown, homegrown tomatoes. I didn't like but, that. Oh, that's rubbish. Oh, I love it. 1983 song by uh, Guy Clark. I mean, it's not his best. I do love <laughs> Guy Clark uh, very much. He's no longer with us. Born 1941, died 2016 at the age of uh, 74. Uh, old. Yeah, American folk singer, musician, songwriter, recording artist and performer. Uh, made about 20-odd albums. Lots of other people recorded his songs. John Denver, have you heard of John Denver? He recorded uh, that song, actually, Homegrown Tomatoes. I've never actually heard of John Denver. Haven't you? 
I'm surprised. No, well, I don't think so. Had a couple of because you've heard of so much stuff. He's way before your time. Uh, John Denver's no longer with us as well. He died in a, a plane crash. Actually, God, real sob fest, Dad. Yes. And that one was by Guy Clark. <coughs> it was. Which is going to go on to Spotify, isn't I'm it? I've just put it on Spotify. That's why I had to ah, check it was called last, Guy Clark. Because the last one you didn't put on. I, I know. You often miss my tune off and put your own ones on. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I've not got your one. Whatever was between Kenny Rogers and Guy Clark, I've not got that one, so we'll have to talk about that afterwards. Do you have a meme of the week? I do. My question is, does Mamma Mia take place in A... A universe where ABBA doesn't exist and they're just making up the songs as they go. Or B, a universe where ABBA does exist and everyone has rehearsed and memorised all of their songs just in case the situation arises where they might need one. Excellent. I like that. It's very amusing. And it's uh, very topical because there's a new film coming out called, uh, I think it's called Yesterday, but it's basically uh, a film about a universe in which the Beatles Yeah, yeah, and then this guy writes them all. This guy. I swear that trailer went out came out ages ago. Yeah, the film's about to come out. He, well, I didn't think the there was a story in the papers about it ages ago. Um, he dreams the Beatles songs, and because mm. he wakes up in a world where the Beatles have never existed, oh, tragic, he wakes up in a world where the Beatles have never existed, he then, uh, people think they're his songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he sings them all uh, perfectly. I do hope it's good. I mean, I love the idea, and I love the premise, but it's a working title, it's oh. uh, uh, Richard Curtis... All that crew. So I hope it turns out to be uh, to be a good film. Me too. If you want to get in touch with us on oh. uh, email, we'd be uh, thrilled to hear from you. Uh, it's Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to listen in uh, total to the uh, fantastic Guy Clark song, Homegrown Tomatoes, and the uh, Slow Tie song, TN Biscuits, <laughs> yeah. you can uh, find it. How did you find it? Um, just go on Spotify and either search Ruthie, me and my dad and that'll take you straight to the playlist on Martin and Ruth and that'll go to our profile. Thank you. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.